Almost Beyond. Carl, Ryan, and Sam review the new movies you may want to see and talk a little news along the way. Venture with them for The Quest Beyond. The Quest Beyond, back again another week to bring you the newest reviews for the newest movies coming out on streaming service for the time being, except for when we're off a few weeks, but that's okay, we're going to pretend this is still relatively new. This is during quarantine, this is during COVID, this is still where you should be spending your time. We're doing the research, we're doing the hard lifting, and we'll let you guys know, is this worth your hard time? And what is that recommendation or not tonight? Let's go into the rental, Mr. David Franco. You may have heard of him. He's got a few accents in his name. No, he doesn't. Stay Franco. You know him. He's that weird guy that cried a lot in 21 Jump Street. And 22. And 22. And super bad. to go to Berkeley. <laughs> yes. So that guy... He directed a movie, he wrote a movie, he produced a movie, and uh, we'll talk about it tonight. As well, we got a boatload of news. A lot of news has popped up, especially even today, so got a whole lot of whole lot of stuff to riff on a little bit. But before we get there, I'm Ryan Starfire. I'm Sam McLennan. I am Kyle, aka Lugan17. AKA the annoying one. <laughs> <laughs> That name says it all. Uh, <laughs> Probably do the most shouting too. It works. Somebody needs to shout. It's tr- somebody has to be passionate. Yeah. Can't just all be mild mannered and just puttering along. Imagine that we all sounded like Ryan. People would just use this to like. It'd be like it's just ASMR. I yeah. know they're talking. Just like, this movie is really good, and I just have to say, they would all just blend together too. Yeah. There'd be no. You couldn't even make out a word. No. Just. Oh okay. All right then. With that, there's a bit of shouting for you as we go to the news. And here we go, as promised, the news for you guys. We said there's a few topics to jump in, and let's start on top with the oldest piece of news, and the only trailer we will talk about for this news cycle, and that was for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Fight. Fatality. Yes, Mortal Kombat, coming back. We had two iterations in this whole storytelling of live-action video game for the Mortal Kombat franchise. I think the second one, Annihilation, came out in 97. So we've had... It was close to what? It was over 20 years at that point. It's been a long time, yeah. So finally taking another stab at it. We're coming back, and this one going to be available to... Our American friends, HBO Max, on April 16th, so only a few months away from this, too. And I'm sure we'll we'll find out down the line where the us and other Canadian friends can watch it as well. But I, I believe, sorry, Ryan, for Canadian but, viewers, it's the premium digital rental service. So Amazon, digital. Google, iTunes, and Cineplex. There you go. So you'll have to fork up a couple dollars to see this one maybe 
but yes, in this one, going to be the directorial debut by Simon McCoy, I believe. McCoy, yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, McCoy, you are correct. All right. Well, I guess with that, we all know it's a trailer, so I didn't watch it. So, Kyle, Sam, whoever wants to start, I guess give a bit of backstory if you liked the originals and if you're excited for the new chapter in this universe. I don't know if you could have grown up in the 90s and not enjoyed at least parts of the initial film because I'd say the spirit of a lot of the characters was done really well. The film's overall execution, not good. But I think for anyone who kind of grew up when we did, for a long time, the Mortal Kombat film was one of the better combat or comic was one of the better video game movies. It might still be like it might still. Right? Well, I would. What I, do we got? If we got a- if if you're asking me, Detective Pikachu and oh, okay, Sonic are enough. better. They are objectively better movies. Assassin's Creed. No. That's Doom. That's There's worse. a lot of bad ones. There, yeah, it, there, there's definitely more bad than worse, or than good. But I think that we started to see Mortal Kombat could actually be good with Mortal Kombat Legacy. That I can't even remember who the produced. Oh, it, Machinima, right? Yeah, Machinima produced series was awesome, and it was faithful to some of the mythology, but made it real and showed us. I think for the people who didn't know, Mortal Kombat needs to be rated R, it needs to be super violent, Konami code, all the blood, come on, fatalities. So this movie comes around, has a phenomenal cast who has a lot of martial arts training, which matters. We're at, we are post-Raid World, we are post-Ongback, you need to have awesome fight scenes, post-John Wick, post-Atomic Blonde, we need amazing action in these films. And they give it to us. The story essentially is the Mortal Kombat story. We're introduced to a new character named Cole who has a Mortal Kombat birthmark. But that's not a birthmark. It's a symbol. (laughs) (laughs) We get uh, beefed up Makad Brooks who played Jimmy from Supergirl who looks like a super jacked Steve Harvey. Except this time he's got metal arms. Are you saying Steve Harvey isn't jacked? Yeah. Have you seen those beach pictures or the yacht <laughs> pictures with him and Michael B. Jordan? Like, he's living his best life. I would love to have all of his money and that mustache. Yeah, but that's besides sure. the point. So I think that overall, this trailer is Mortal Kombat. I do not think it is going to be a good movie, but I think what it, above anything else, is going to give us great action. And as long as the acting is not campy and stupid if ever if it's treated with seriousness i think this will move into the good move into the category of good comic book films the visuals alone are incredible we see some amazing fatalities i was sold on this movie when sub-zero turns one of the people he's fighting's blood into a dagger and then stabs him with that dagger and then throws him through a wall of ice he made yeah that is amazing And I got to give shout out to Ludi Lin, a.k.a. Uh, Zach from P- 
Power Rangers 2016. He plays Liu Kang. He has as big hair as Robin Show did in the original Mortal Kombat, and he makes a fire dragon. This is going to be ridiculous, and that is what Mortal Kombat needs to be. I think overall the aesthetic is really great because it actually does have some grounded elements where it feels that there's a history here where characters are dr dressed in more traditional Asian attire. Uh, all the Asian actors or characters are played by Asian actors. Isn't that amazing? Although, my one major criticism, where the fuck is Johnny Cage? I need my Va my Van Damme inspired splits <laughs> punched to the nuts of Goro. Goro is in this as well, and he's giant and CGI, and that's awesome. I think they they showed enough, you know, to, to obviously uh, water your mouth or whatever the saying is but like make you salivate so yeah there you go um <laughs> water your mouth <laughs> sipping tea you thirsty the spritz That's yeah what we want. yeah so i guarantee you johnny cage and some of the other favorites are going to show up or at least be hinted at because um yeah this looks like straight up it's the the video games right like this looks but where was chun lee where was Chun-Li? Oh, that's right. She's in Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> what, was Did there, you guys... There were articles People were complaining about that? I can't believe they wrote out Chun-Li out of Mortal Kombat. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, that's a crossover universes I'd watch, though. That's gotta happen, right? You need I, to... I, I personally played more Street Fighter as a kid, so I would I love to see a Street Fighter movie, like a, a more recent one. I think that what this is going to succeed on is the tournament fighting nature. Like your, yeah. your, your, the structure of your story is built in there. I was talking to a friend, uh, I wouldn't say friend of the show cause he doesn't listen, but Daniel, who you both know. And he was saying the lore is really great. And that's kind of what he wants to see them dive into. So hopefully this gets enough purchases and watches on HBO max. So it justifies a sequel because outside of who the characters are, I know nothing about the lore. Right, same like, here. I didn't and know who Kung Lao was until now. So I, I would say, you know, echoing what you said, Kyle, that the action has to be great and obviously replicate these crazy fatalities that you can do in the video games. So more moments like that, I think this movie will win. How they set up the, the complete story as to why they're doing these crazy fist fights, then whatever. Like, I don't think anyone's really going to remember that but if they got some good action i think i think they'll have a winner on their hands and you know what making sub-zero the villain great idea fantastic so yeah i'll, I'll be i'll be there on the couch watching this yeah it seems like the success of this franchise is going to be along the lines of suicide squad where it's like just balls to the wall let's kill some people even if they're main characters let's show everyone's expendable like i think that's where the fun lies and then worry about a sequel down the line there's really so many different fighting like fighters that you could choose to move forward with you're totally right ryan like i hope to see that too well i didn't watch the trailer but i'm sold on watching this movie i was already gonna watch so and with that let's go to a movie that they just announced a couple days ago that's in development from the old dc and that is a live-action film of Blue Beetle. But not the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, but the Jamie, or Jaime Reyes, if you will. And he finds the Scarab, gets the whole Blue Beetle thing, kind of the Young Justice style, if you've 
familiar with that. The greatest DC cartoon of all time. I said it. It's quite possibly. It's quite possibly. And they've also announced the director who was from Latinx, I believe. I believe he's Puerto Rican. Let me, I will look that up. Look it up. But Angel Manuel Soto is who we're looking at to direct. So what are we thinking on this? Are we excited for some Blue Beetle? Is this a character we want? Is this a big screen movie in the making? I mean, I'll get my opinion out of the way because I don't know anything about Beatles that are blue. I don't know anything about the, the, the director. So I really, I can't even say anything either way. So um, you guys seem excited, I think. So um, we'll wait and see. But I've never heard of this character before. So I'll wait to see what, uh, what the trailer looks like, I guess. Kyle? I think it's wise for them to hire an actor or an actor. Well, they're going to. But before I get to that, I think it's wise that they hired a director who is Latinx. He's Puerto Rican, so it's not both are applicable. And I, I mean, uh, most likely, I'm sure there are people who are not Latinx born in Puerto Rico. Uh, I think that Jaime Reyes is a great character who has not had a ton of exposure. He's great in Young Justice. The arguably season two is about him. And it's a, a, a character that I think is a great person to be on the big screen to represent the Latinx community. We There are very few and far between Latinx characters leading blockbusters and Jaime is a great character he's super relatable in that he is personality wise I would say quite similar to Peter Parker minus the genius element but he's just a kid with a single mom sometimes his both of his parents are in the picture depending on the storytelling and he grows up in a community of indigenous people so there's a lot of things that blockbusters don't really touch on that i'm looking forward to seeing on the big screen i have my casting for him ryan i want it to be zolo from cobra kai aka miguel you guys gotta sure. watch cobra kai come on <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen he, cobra kai yet oh man i'll I be think on the lookout though and i think if he's on cobra kai he's got the action chops then so he is he's johnny's main student okay in the show uh, he is a Latinx actor. I think he could definitely do the action. I think it'd be really cool to see almost... I th The pitch that I almost would have had for this... I don't know if you remember, Ryan. I don't think Sam watched it, but Iron Man Armored Adventures. Do you remember they made Tony a high school student? Yeah. That kind of vibe, I think, would be really cool. Him, him discovering the Scarab. Maybe Ted Kord is his mentor. So you build in this history in the in his in his version of the DC universe, but I mean, Static Shock, Jaime Reyes, give me a Wally West Flash. Let's build Titans. We know the Net, uh, Nightwing movie was in development. Let's build a Titans universe that doesn't need to be on TV. That would be super cool. Multiverse, they can show up in anything. So I'm on board as long as it is a good movie i'm excited about the concept but execution obviously is really important i think with the tone the dceu 
has had so far, the Ted Cord one wouldn't fit in too well anyway. So I'm totally fine if they skip that. The Jaime Reyes stuff, I just looked at a couple screen grabs from Cobra Kai to see this guy, and he definitely has the look that right? I would picture the actor going for. So, yeah, absolutely. And, like, you can have a lot of campy fun with him as well as the serious stuff. Like, it's a creepy story of, like, an alien mechanical thing attached to your body and can kind of take control when it wants to and go into, like, a kill mode. So oh, it's like a mech symbiote for yeah. Sam's point of view. Like, it's a literal mechanical scarab sent by the Reach thousands of years ago. Yeah. And it's discovered by Ted Cord. And then Jaime discovers it, and it implants itself in his spine. This kind of sounds like like, um, that movie Upgrade. Well, sort of. Is it kind of like that? I would say it's more like... Do you guys remember that movie with the kid from Jurassic Park where he found the, like, super mech suit? No? I can't remember what it's called. It's a terrible movie. And so there could be, I think it could have some elements of comedy, but also have some serious nature in it. Maybe showing what it is like to be Latinx in the United States. Specifically, he grows up in the South. So there, I know people don't want politics in their stories, but they've been a part of comics since their inception. So there's a, there's a lot to do in this movie that could be really, really cool. It's got a rich background. It's one of the more popular characters of, that age group for the dc so the dc stories i can't imagine this wasn't going to come out at some point i think this is a great character to show i think this is going to be an hbo max movie for sure i'm not sure that this would be a theater release i think they're if they're going to start pumping out the movies making hbo max kind of a solid thing like disney plus is trying to do i think this is a good starting point for them as well and this could definitely pull some people in, especially the hardcore fans that haven't made that commitment yet. They start seeing you're going to get these types of stories popping up. That's a for sure. Let's go in. I'm on board. I, I definitely want to see this. And with that, we can just jump into our next piece of DC news. This one on the casting front. And that is we have a Supergirl in the DCEU. The it's Girl not- of Steel. Yeah, not Melissa Benoist, even though she still and probably always will be a Supergirl. This is a new one, and uh, yeah, we you, they released a whole video of when she got to find out she was going to be Supergirl, and that's the Flash director Andy Muschietti, and he calls her, and it's Sasha, and I already forgot how we say it. Kaye. Kaye, thank you, yep. Sasha Kaye, and you might know her from Young and the Restless if you've done some daytime soaping at all but if not this is one of her relatively fresh roles so that's kind of cool too that they're taking a chance on someone who may not have the most on-screen big movie time thank god she wasn't in a transformers movie or anything because i'd be instantly (laughs) turned off fuck you jack rayner never again (laughs) have you seen have you seen seen sing street yeah he was fine in sing street but transformers ruined him forever (laughs) come on I'm pretty sure he was in Sing Street after. What? Yeah, after Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's ruined his career. I will never give him a chance. <laughs> oh my god. He's not TJ Miller. <laughs> he was a uh, He was all right in Midsummer, right? Like he was a good douche. I forgot he was in that. Full frontal, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right, speaking right. of non-full frontal, uh <laughs> Sasha Kaye. 
What do you think, Sam? Uh, cool. Don't know her. Um, but yeah, sure. So, what can, can you is is the Supergirl show still happening? Is that so? No. Their last this season. is uh, ah. this is this is the worst year in terms of what's going on with Supergirl. If Melissa, we've we didn't actually talk about it because it, we, there's nothing to talk about. But Melissa Benoist just signed a production deal with Warner Brothers TV, so she'll be okay, which makes me really happy because she's been amazing as supergirl in the tv show i would argue that the trinity of the the arrowverse was arrow flash and supergirl and we are only going to have one of them after this season of television so supergirl is ending the same year we're getting superman and lois and then we're getting a supergirl in a movie so it's a weird i mean we have multiverse so they can exist alongside each other which is fine this is not smallville superman era where they're like no they can't they cannot coexist so this supergirl will interact with the dc heroes from the from the big future films films. yeah yes interesting okay well do you want my theory before we delve more into this uh let's hear it so we essentially know that this is going to be a flashpoint movie so if I were a betting man, I would say she shows up on whatever f- version of Flashpoint Earth they have. So instead of a Superman, because Henry Cavill likely not in the movie, I'm just saying that based on all the casting we do know, she'll be there at the end of whatever Flash, whatever Barry does to get us back, she'll be brought over to our world because things aren't completely the same. This is their way of retconning anything new into the universe they want. However, in Man of Steel, there was an open pod on the ship that Clark discovers in the Arctic. So there are possibilities for things, but there's no certainty as to how she fits into, let's just call it Flashpoint because that's what it is. So, sorry. No, cool. I'm, I'm glad that they're moving forward. They, maybe they have a, a good plan ahead. So, sounds good. If they have a cast, uh, is there anything else we know about this uh, this Flash movie, right? Like, it, obviously, it's still Ezra Miller as Flash. Still Ezra ben Miller. Aff- ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, okay. and Warner Brothers wrote out Cyborg because they're pieces of shit. Damn. Ray Fisher challenged them on the Joss Whedon situation and he probably is not going to be cyborg again. Which is really sad because in the Flashpoint comic book when he goes to Earth like Flashpoint when so Barry causes some things and when he the new Earth he's on Superman doesn't exist as a hero Cyborg is the Superman of the Flashpoint Earth. So there would have been some really great stuff for them to do with Ray Fisher. And because they are pieces of shit, we're not going to get to see that. And we may never get to see Cyborg again. Although, I feel like post Zack Snyder's Justice League, there will be too much noise for them not to bring him back. But as of right now, he is no longer Cyborg. Well, I mean, at this rate, they'll just cast a, a new cyborg. Like, seems like there's doubles of all these heroes. You might as well just cast a new guy. And I will not see that movie because <laughs> accountability is greater than entertainment. 
I'm with you, Ray Fisher. Make it Keenan Thompson. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> he just gets so jacked. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Walter Hamada, who's the head of whatever DC production thing, has stated already that despite the whole Snyder verse Snyder movie coming out, that Justice League version, they have no immediate plans. It, I think he called it a cul-de-sac or a. He called some, it. He said, "There's nowhere for it to go. It's a cul-de-cul-de-sac. Uh, sorry, it's a cul-de-sac." And then everybody responded, "Be like, no, it's a cul-de-sac," and showing how epic the stuff he's made is. <laughs> and as much as I love Shazam, <laughs> it was not a big success. Okay, he set himself up for that one, the Zach pun. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently they got no plans for these characters, so I'm wondering why they're expanding here. If that's the truth, so what? They're just going to use her as a, a plot device in this movie? I don't think Andy. I think it's Muschietti. I don't know. We're Spaghetti. not. We should have looked this up as well. We're sorry if we're miss. One of us is probably right. But I don't think I think what they're doing is they're using the Flash to retcon the universe to how they want to move forward. But again, that's my theory. This film has had it's been like a revolving door, correct? Especially for directors, they've they've kind of come and they've gone. They've had like four or five, yeah, con- committed. So they must it must just be that Warner Brothers has like okay, like we're putting our stake in the ground. This is what has to happen in this movie. And maybe some filmmakers are just like, no. Seems like at this point, that's what's happened. Because had these all, all these Flash movies come out when they said this would have been the fourth or fifth one in the series. Right. Hey, silver lining. And then we can move on to our next piece of news. Batfleck is back and you cannot take that away from me. <laughs> I hear they He's even back. put it. I hear there's even a Dunkin' Donuts on set. So he didn't have nice. to this time. <laughs> You know Beauty. what? We've all been there. We've all Jonah Hill the coffee while walking down the street. Hell yeah. And then with that, we will jump from DC to our old friends at Disney and the Marvel camp. And yesterday they were fucking with us. Hopefully they weren't testing the waters to see if anything was serious. And today, earlier, we got the final confirmation that in December this year, old Spidey 3 is coming out, and there's No Way Home. It's going to be the title. So with that, they didn't give anything else more, just confirming a title. And a we picture. Some, yeah, a picture. <laughs> we got some uh, We got some joke names. Uh, Phone Home. There was Home Wrecker and Home Slice, I believe, were the... Yes. Each of the cast members of Tom Holland's and Dea and Jacob Batalon all said so. Yeah, No Way Home confirmed, and December seventeenth, we're gonna still get to see this. My number one most anticipated movie still coming out this year, apparently. <laughs> I can't Old believe it's coming out this year, and they're like filming it right now. Yep. Wow. The beauty of the the whole Disney machine behind a movie eh? slash sony sure 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 slash uh i'm gonna go first it's stupid title i think it's (laughs) hilarious that they got it like homecoming i understood because it was a meta play on spider-man's back at marvel baby like or the mcu specifically why they got stuck on having home in the titles some graphic designer nerd it's probably kevin feige went 
Man, that looks really cool where the O is Spider-Man's face. It's a stupid title. They Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has the worst titles. They're worse than Thor. The reason they called Thor Thor the Dark World is because they're like, you know what? You'd rather be walking, looking at a black screen because this movie sucks. And then Ragnarok was apropos given what happens in the movie. Why? Why are they stuck on the word home? <laughs> it's I don't get it. That's to me yesterday, Sam. Uh, we've been ha having a thread going on about Tom Holland is a troll in what he puts out. The home thing they did yesterday wasn't funny to me personally. I thought it was stupid because they're not in on the joke. You call the movie Far From Home. It was dumb. It's a bad title. I completely forgot what the second one was even called. I was like, what's it? Home something? But then, yeah, Far From Home. Spider-Man Euro Trip. <laughs> right. That would have been better. I. Uh, what is the home thing? I don't... Is that based on anything besides... No. Just the, because they said Homecoming in the first movie? The only real use of Homecoming was it was in a Spider-Man comic book run that introduced the symbiote suit the first time. Outside also, of that... Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. It also just felt poetic that he was stuck at Sony for all this time and he was finally coming back to Disney. Yeah. Kind of felt like a dual meaning. But they're not like they didn't even do the thing that every franchise has done now where the E on on uh, oh, was it No Way Home should be a three. They didn't even do that. <laughs> yep. Come on. Reverse the E. I, I just I don't understand why they're obsessed with the word home. We get it. He's in the MCU. Yeah, I think they could have done something better than. What was it? What's the title? No Way Home? No Way, no home. way home. What about like, it's no place like home or like Homeward Bound. Did you see the picture where they had all the ones that they didn't pick? Yeah, uh, no. Like whiteboard or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess there's lots of options. I mean. I want this movie to be amazing. But what does it mean? I, like, does it mean anything? Does, does like, there's no way home mean anything into the spider verse because it was taken. <laughs> like what he will be gone somewhere and can't get back. Is that what they're going to imply here? I don't. I, Sounds like I, a multiverse to me. Ooh. I think I don't want to say, cause then I'll be wrong, but I feel like we're going to get essentially a Tom Holland back to the future where he's trapped in other multi other multiverses and he's got to get home. Okay, that kind of sounds good. Count me in. Yeah, but this isn't Bob Zemeckis, it's John Watts. <laughs> what you, okay, so what? You don't like the the last two that he's done? I think Spider-Man Homecoming has a lot of problems nobody talks about. And Far From Home continued those problems in that this Peter is not a Spider-Man. He's a spider boy. He has just such a great moment where he defeats Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. But the fact that he relied on Happy to get this billion dollar plane completely takes out the self-reliance that is fundamental to Peter Parker's character. I get him mourning over Tony. However, he doesn't at the end of the day solve the fact that he has nothing to do or nothing to use. 
I would have had no issues if he broke into the London Stark. He'd be like, you know what? Tony would approve the how Tony of it is for me to break into a Stark Industries in England because they would have an international office, likely in London, and then he builds his own suit. It's the same sort of thing, but he does it on his own. But no, he goes, Happy, I need help. I'm in the Netherlands. That drives me nuts. Isn't this any, weird? Any, <laughs> isn't I'm wearing it weird clogs. here with Spider-Man? Like, he doesn't solve his own problems. Well, I love Spider-Man, and I am open to the interpretations. I think Tom Holland has done a lot of great things with this character, and he fits really well in the MCU. But he is the spectacular Spider-Boy, and that hurts because I love Spider-Man so much. Ryan, okay. I think you like Spider-Man yeah. more than I do. Yeah, go for it, Ryan. I can't wait to see this. I've listed it as my number one, and even with one of the dumbest titles in history of movies and an inside joke I got a feeling is either Marvel being like, let's give him the dumbest titles to piss off Sony or it's some inside joke that they're just keep rolling with. But I can't wait to see this movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, starring my favorite Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. And when he comes back, I will absolutely love it. Tom Holland says he's not in it. Okay, Ryan? Oh, yes. And, and what Tom, Tom Holland, Holland says. Everything he says. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch told us he wasn't playing Khan. He was John Harrison. Yeah. You idiots. I, I love that they're like starting to pick apart the terrible three names that we got yesterday and how they were all lighted differently. So there was like purple, green, whatnot. And it's like green goblins in this. This is the Sinister, sinister Six's colors. Like. I hope they were smart enough to hide something like that and they're telling us more with these titles. It's hard to say that they are smart with what they're showing us. So we have to get a trailer soon, right? Given how this is December, you would think at least it's probably in spring. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it shows up. If black widow ever shows up, the leagues, maybe sure. Probably NBA. Maybe, but yeah, if black widow does release this summer somehow, that would be where they put it. I'm if not, up. it's going to be at the... It'll be like the post credit scene on Loki, maybe. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Like, I could see them holding it for that. Either way, title's dumb. Doesn't change my feelings about the movie, though. That's just the title. And, yeah, if... I got a feeling it'll be super campy, like... Oh, my God, they all know who we are, because we've all seen the end of Far From Home, where now they all know Peter Parker Spider-Man. I gotta get out of here. Oh, stumbled into this portal in Doctor Strange's place when I went to ask him to erase people's minds or something, and now we're on a wacky adventure. I got a feeling it's going to be that simple and silly of a story that's just going to amount in us just realizing that we had it good all those years ago with a different <laughs> Sam Raimi Mar- MCU movie, So, which it's going to be canon now. Don't you wait. I wonder, like, okay, so Doctor Strange is going to be in in this movie at some point, right? Um, we now, will Spider-Man show up in the new Doctor Strange movie at some point? Are they going to do, like, a, is there a heavy crossover? And if so, does that mean Sam Raimi will be reconnected with that with that character, in a way? Um, I hope so. I hope stuff, Sam Raimi's stuff to think about, haul. right? 
and apparently Bruce Campbell's in London right now as they're shooting Doctor Strange. So that Mysterio thing might still happen. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. But yes, from that, it's all speculation. We've talked quite a bit on the Spider-Man news. This is just we've got a title which doesn't really give us too much. Just no way home. He's going to be stuck somewhere. Will he get home at the end? Who knows? But with that, we will take it to our final news topic, which is a another studio of sorts is, I guess, showing a bit of their cards today. As a few hours ago, we found out on March 4th, Paramount Plus, formerly CBS All Access, the rebranded streaming service. They're coming out. They're coming out hot. They're announcing a bunch of things from... You're going to get to watch Spongebob, Criminal Minds, Godfather. They're launching a new studio called Avatar Studios, which is more TV shows, more films based in that last airbender, Legend of Korra world. Uh, we're also going to get live action Dora the Explorer because that movie kicked ass and a live action fairly odd parent show. Whoa. We're getting... We're getting a new Frasier revival with Kelsey Grammer coming back. <laughs> Whoa! Toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> uh, there's going to be more Amy Schumer if you want some of that. Cancel. And, <laughs> and on top of that, the long-planned Halo, I guess, video game series. It's getting a show on Paramount+. Plus. So... I'll finally get to see something Halo wise. <laughs> like it was a movie like two thousand four maybe. And yeah, we're like three shows. We're like fifteen years too late here. Yeah. But we got some more additional stuff to Paramount. This came out recently. So there are going to be T V shows based on the Italian job, Flash Dance, Fatal Attraction, The Parallax <laughs> View, okay. and Love Story. Because people wanted those. So, as so well they're just going through their folders of like the ip uh drawer and they're like, okay hmm yeah what do we got here well they're like we fucked up transformers five times <laughs> we fucked up gi joe two times shit snake eyes movie with the dude from crazy rich asians maybe well, nah oh yeah too big we already made that movie that no one cares about uh <laughs> what do we have Mission Impossible. They got a uh, quiet place, apparently. You know, like I, I a quiet place. Yeah. I'm a. I want to stay positive with Paramount Plus, even though like everyone's doing the plus thing. Can we just like find a new? The same thing with like like the Spider-Man Home. Like, why are we sticking to Plus? What's what's Paramount Plus? They should have called it something else. Like the, the. the what's the mountain, top of the mountain called? The peak. The summit. Peak? Yeah. The Paramount summit? Peak. Yeah, yeah, take a peek. Welcome to Summit, brought to you by Paramount. Like, NBC's is called Peacock. Yeah, like, that's weird. Um, that was anyway, an old one. Does it come that, out was, <laughs> that really was. True. Um, you could almost say that they were peacocking. Uh, uh. <laughs> so, Paramount needs a win, right? Like, they're, they're one of the... They have one? It's Avatar. It's okay, Avatar. sure. So it's like Avatar. Well, it's and Avatar. clearly they're leaning heavy onto Avatar. If they're going to start a whole studio to start making shows, so I think they know what they got there. But what I love about this is it's a giant middle finger to Netflix because like you had Brian Konitzko and Mike DiMartino working on a live action remake of Avatar, and allegedly 
it was over the casting of minorities in these roles. So Netflix, you can go fuck yourself because I'm going to Paramount Plus to watch Brian and Mike make awesome Avatar content because Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are two of the best cartoons of the last 20 years. It's crazy that how old Avatar The Last Airbender is. And we're likely going to get a a sequel series to Korra, which means a third Avatar show. And that's amazing. That's all I care about. I don't care. Fairly Odd Parents, I love that cartoon. I can see. I can fight. Like, that is a great show, and it's super <laughs> memeable. But outside of that, they're not going to put enough money into Halo to make it good. They're not. There's no way. I don't know. Maybe. There's there's ways. There's ways. Like, remember that, that Neil Blomkamp fan short film that he made for Halo? I don't know if you guys ever saw that online. but I did, yeah. I imagine yeah. that was pretty low budget. So, I mean, if they can do that. I mean, I, 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 I'm assuming they'll have a bigger budget than that. But anyway, this this studio needs to be revitalized. I think this is a, you know, jumping head first into the streaming game is a way to do it. So we'll see what happens. If they're going to lean heavy on their, their IP, like Avatar and the other kid shows that you mentioned, um, that's a start. We'll see. Please, I don't want to see a live-action SpongeBob or anything. That'd be terrifying. But <laughs> <laughs> what I think is really funny is this is clearly like, what do we own? Well, none of our live-action stuff is worth it. But we own Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like that's what this feels like. We got Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon's had a lot of successes lately. Get the kids. Let's, yeah. You know, they they know that parents just want to distract their kids sometimes. So yeah, throw them in front of the TV. Put on Paramount Plus. Stupid name. It's dumb. We maxed out at pluses after Apple. (laughs) That's true. And if it helps, the CEO, Bob Backish, says that all Paramount Plus, I guess, movies will be 30 to 45 days after their theatrical release. So that means like Quiet Place 2, Mission Impossible 7, No Time to Die. Why don't they just launch with quiet place 2 i'd sign up right now if they're like day one you get quiet place 2 because paramount money i get it needs that money they need that money i know we need the money christopher nolan did not break his back saving film (laughs) to let this go straight to streaming (laughs) you know why that didn't work i'm the only one of the three of us that saw it in theaters (laughs) and we are such a safer country than the united states that should tell you something. It's bad timing. Horrible. It was the worst timing. There were three other people in my screening. It was a <laughs> terrible idea. And we still couldn't hear what half the, what they were saying half the time. I'm going to check out a lot of what they've announced. Obviously, all this Avatar universe stuff, anything from Avatar Studios, if like the original creators are involved and they don't dip... Because now I really don't want to watch that Netflix show, which I think oh, I'm not. I'm time. actively not going to watch it. Yes, but anything they show on Paramount Plus, I'm in for, and I'm happy that yeah, this is probably that happy medium of directors and stars who want that big screen for their opening. Just let them have a month there, then we'll throw it out to the people. Everyone's happy. But one IP we heard nothing from, which bothered me. Where the hell's my live-action Danny Phantom show? Who's going to catch them all, but he's Danny Phantom? <laughs> yeah. 
I that's gotta be. That's not a joke. I'm not do, kidding at all. Do they own Cartoon <laughs> Network? Is that no? No. Oh. Cartoon Network is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, their Viacom is their is the owner of Paramount and CBS and Nickelodeon. Okay. But I'm I'm legitimately not kidding. Like Danny or Power Rangers. I guarantee you that stuff is coming. I guarantee it. Well, we know Hasbro is like a partner with Paramount. Right. So you're, we're going to get all the toys. Yeah, I want all the toys. Yeah. Let's bring back good. Street Sharks and fucking uh, Biker Mice from Mars. Like, let's go <laughs> oh, yeah. deep cuts. Is Gargoyles Samurai Paramount? Pizza Cats. Samurai Pizza Cats. Isn't Gargoyles on Disney Plus? Gargoyles oh, you're on right. Disney Plus. You yeah. are right. Because yeah. that was, uh, that was, I don't know if it was Disney Afternoon or if it was ABC. But regardless, great show. Either way, I'm in. I will probably end up getting Di- or Paramount Plus if they keep... If like there's a few of these things on launch day, things are coming shortly after. I got a feeling, depending upon their success, will be let's start hitting them with those big names as well. So, And we'll I keep an eye to see problems. if we get it here, right? Because CBS All Access wasn't here. Like Picard... And Discovery were on CTV. I guess it used to be called Space, but they were on CTV Sci-Fi. So who knows how this stuff's going to be distributed, but we'll definitely keep tracking it because there's some great IP to dive into. Yeah, don't you go Huluing us, Paramount. Don't you do it. We want this too. But with that, though, do we got any more closing? Sam, you got anything else to add to the Paramount Plus? Are you going to at least subscribe to it if you can? I'll uh, I'll get a 14 day free trial. <laughs> I got a shot. Yeah. If they have some really great trailers, that would easily draw people in. Yep. Tom Holland as Timmy. Timmy, oh whatever God. his name. Is. <laughs> Timmy Turner. <laughs> Timmy Turner. <laughs> no, the real selling point of that show. It's not Timmy. You need a vile app, not like a person but you need an actress to be truly vile as vicky and you need an amazing comedy one-two punch with cosmo and wanda i how are they gonna make that live action that that show is so um high paced and like high energy there's no way that they they, they, like who are they gonna get for that to danny devito as cosmo okay i was gonna go amy poehler will arnett just reunite that combo. That'd be fun. Yeah, because nothing says like comedy gold like a divorced couple forced <laughs> to work together. <laughs> Sounds funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's comedy Actually, and conflict. You know what? Wait. No, they're not married, but Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Okay. I can see it. Make them CGI. They don't have to be real people. Or hell, it would be hilarious if you took those people and made realistic, short, big headed versions of them. I got a feeling they got to do that. Yeah. See, I mean, Co- Cosmo is brick for all intensive purposes, right? Yeah. Brick Tamlin? Yeah. All right. With that, then, there we go. Got some stuff to look forward to on the old Paramount Plus. It's coming out in like less than two weeks at this point. Wow. So we'll see she's what launching with the catalog, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Just get ready. Get ready to climb that mountain. Yeah, we'll see who summits on this one. But with that, we'll see if our review and movie summit it for us. If summit it is a word, if it's summit just already. <laughs> Ascended? Ascended, ascend at the summit. There we go. 
because we're talking our review next for this episode, and that is for The Rental. The Rental is our movie to be reviewed this episode. It came out this past year. I believe it was on demand in the States around July area, but it took a while to get here where we could watch it on Amazon Prime, if Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, old Dave Franco made his directorial debut with this one. He did not star in it. You did not see his face that we know of. So there is that. He took it all behind the cameras. He helped produce this one. He had the screenplay with Joe Swanberg. And this one starred, though, the old beast himself, Dan Stevens. Uh, Dave Franco's wife, Allison Brie. And uh, Sheila Vond and I believe Jeremy Allen White were like the four main stars. And there's a few other people along the way that we won't spoil too much with, but... Sam, what exactly was Dave Franco's vision for this movie? Well, according to IMDb, (laughs) two couples on an oceanside getaway grow suspicious that the host of their seemingly perfect rental house may be spying on them. Before long, what should have been a celebratory weekend turns into something far more sinister. Okay, so it sounds like he went he wasn't going the normal comedy Dave Franco that we know. No, definitely not. Doesn't sound like it. Alright, so with that then, no spoilers. Kyle, how'd you feel about the rental? I was uneasy while watching this movie the entire time, which I give it credit for. I think it does an excellent job of building suspense and dread. That takes a lot of work. It wasn't just like mute um it wasn't just using music manipulatively to make you feel a certain way. I think the way things are shot, the sound design was quite clever in the way that everything is framed and sounds. There are specifically some sounds that cause tension. I think the cast was relatively good. Everybody fit into their roles. I think Lip kind of was just playing Lip, which might be a critique, but that was the character he was asked to play and he did a good job. Overall, I think the cast does what they're needed to do i think it is a good thriller with an interesting ending and overall as a directorial debut i would say good job dave franco this was an excellent outing and i look forward to seeing more from him can't really talk about the plot but it's a brisk one hour and 38 minutes sam are you feeling the same wavelengths well yeah i mean just to start that the the length of it is certainly i i would say it's major highlight you gotta love just a a movie that's an hour and a half just in and out you get what you need it's, it's very it's a very tight tense thriller um i think some would say slow right it's a slow burn um but it's building that tension it's building that suspense um yeah like i think this is a solid debut from dave franco I, I if you had to guess what kind of movie dave franco would direct I don't, I don't think anyone would guess this but it's surprisingly well made like the there's an even tone throughout like it's pretty consistent um i wouldn't say anything in particular stands out like it's it seems to stick to 
the horror and thriller cliches, you know, rather tightly. Uh, and that works in its benefit, but I think it's also, it's, it's the downside of the movie as well. Nothing's going to surprise you really. Oh, I did, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I did find some certain things in the ending kind of surprising. Well, okay. So like there are some great ideas. Like there's, this is a, I think it's a good co- concept for a, a small little movie to start off with. So I think that's, is that a reference to Dave Franco's height? Well, you know, we're all thinking it. I'm just saying it. Um, <laughs> He's a small little man with a small little movie. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think uh, it's a good idea. It has a good tight time, you know, 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm f- kind of finding it hard to really complain about the movie. You know, like there's there's a few critiques we can get into, but maybe we'll wait for spoilers. But uh, I would say overall, it's it's worth your time. It's quite an interesting and I'd say even a blood pumping from time to time little thriller that he's made here. The characters themselves weren't like every shade under the sun, but the actors really gave life to, I would say, one dimensional characters that needed a little bit of emotion to lift them a bit more. And I think the at least quality of the actors that were in this one were able to accomplish that. I definitely agree with you on that. I think if you didn't have the quality of actors in this movie, it would be more evident that they're given less to do in within, within the dimension of the character. But given the star power in the performances, I think it almost elevates past the material given. I think, yeah, it might have even gotten a bit more traction and a more attention because of those those actors were a part of it as well and they kind of saved it it might have just gone like direct to video even if this would have been a theater movie like uh, a shutter film <laughs> essentially yeah it was a fun ride and i think it was a great debut for franco like a directorial debut for him It like nothing glared out where i was like okay he's got no promise like Felt like a solid movie, felt like it was shot well, felt like the story had promise, and he had his hands in like everything for this one. So if there was a big flaw, he would have been probably to blame for it too, but I wouldn't I'm not gonna be blaming him for a shitty movie or anything. We've all touched on the run the runtime and I think that is the real winner in this one. And it was kinda cut near perfect for that where if it's gonna be a slow burn, at least I don't have to sit here for two and a half hours to wait for that slow burn to pass. Because even if you check the time and you're only like, there's 40 minutes left, I can power through this. That feels better than there's an hour and a half left, I gotta power through this, maybe I'll watch it later. So the runtime, not saying that it was a bad movie or it was super slow or anything, but just run times matter a lot of the times. And I, don't, I feel like they don't get enough credit sometimes when like slim movies are still good. And I feel like this is a slim movie that was good that's worth the view just based on that alone. Yeah. uh, I would say in general, this movie is just like straight down the middle. Like he's on second base with this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not a home run. There's nothing that like really, Oh, come there's some home runs in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll get to it. (laughs) It's not like, it's not 
there's nothing crazy about the movie like in general i don't think it's gonna blow anyone's socks off but i don't think anyone's really gonna leave that disappointed like it it's it's a pretty easy movie to get through if you like thrillers i think this is a i think it's a decent one well then with that sounds like we're all we're all pretty happy with our viewing experience do we want to like to like explain the concept of the movie or should we wait to spoilers i think it pretty much came up in the in the synopsis in the synopsis okay. I, there's not really anything else you can delve into okay. currently no but we'll definitely as i'm giving the plot like we'll go through the specific details for sure okay so with that let's take this one on to spoilers and let's let you guys know the specifics of the rental given that the synopsis itself lended a lot to what this movie was but let's talk about some of the dangers and the thrills that you could get from it as well so right after the break here come the spoilers spoilers are on for the rental here is your final warning to get out if you want to check out the rental as we mentioned it's a short runtime you could probably pause us go check it out then come back but if you want that little extra push you want to know what we're talking about or you need a little bit extra here's the final warning to get out because kyle is letting you know the whole story behind the rental all right sorry just let me minimize my hockey game we are go ducks go we are introduced to oh my god i forgot their their names to charlie and mina who are leaning over she mina is leaning over charlie's shoulder and they're looking at an airbnb and immediately this is when i went oh they're together did you guys feel that way immediately yeah, well it it did confuse me because you know jumping ahead another character not. another another character comes in and then they're uh lovey-dovey and so I, it yeah. did. It did confuse me at first. I'm like, hey, who's who here? Like, what's the, what's the dynamic? Yeah, I thought that was a little peculiar. And so they're they're they've. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say it was well structured to plant some seeds moving right. forward, though. Sure, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get there for sure. And I think it's obviously on purpose. So they are. They just got some big new deal, and they're like, oh yeah, ah, oh, we got the big deal. This is gonna be like the next year of our life. Let's do something let's do this getaway we're introduced to the brother their names are so josh um michelle okay so we're introduced to josh who is lip who's lip he's a lift driver and he's like i had a delivery here so do you want to ride home do you, do we have to charge for that nah nah it's all good so then they decide that they're gonna go at this amazing airbnb and to enjoy the weekend before this project kind of consumes them for the next year of their life so mina and charlie are like work bffs they are work husband work wife essentially right and so then we see we go to the house and we see michelle who's played by allison brie and they are discussing the relationship between josh and mina like oh my brother's a piece of shit and mina she's so awesome don't you think michelle mina's so awesome don't you think she's awesome like my brother's a piece of shit mina's so awesome <laughs> it's like that's enough <laughs> like if i'm michelle be like get it i get it you like her i get it but he likes her a lot <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, did you guys have anything you, they beat you over they, the head with it that's all i'll oh, say yeah 
Oh yeah. And so then they're getting ready to go to the ho- to the Airbnb slash the rental. And Lip's bringing a dog, and they're I'm just gonna call him Lip. Let's just move into their character non-character names outside of Mina. I haven't seen Mina in anything else, so she'll be Mina. So Beast is like, dude, the fuck? You can't bring a dog. He's like, ah, it'll be fine. Let's bring the dog. Lip's like, I'm Lip. Bleh, let's bring a dog. Which I'll just so, say that I know the dog had a different name. I forget what it was in the movie, but Reggie. Reggie, thank you. And if you like look on Amazon Prime, you like wiggle your mouse, it shows you the <laughs> actors in the scene. Yeah. The dog's name was like Chunky or something. Oh, and I was like, nice. that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> what is the the dog's not listed on? Uh, I'm sure he's listed on IMDb. Yeah, let's find Probably. out this dog's filmography. All right, Reggie. His name is Chunk. Chunk. <laughs> Chunk. Chunk. All right. Loved it. So we they're driving up to this place. It's up the coastline. And Mina looks at her phone, says, I got declined. That's so weird. Like, this guy's a racist, probably. And Beast is like, well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And it's like, Lip's like, he's a piece of shit. He's a racist. Ah! And Beast is like, we don't know him. They say that because she got declined. And an hour later, Dan Stevens requests and he gets approved right away. Yeah, it's like when four single guys try to book an Airbnb and then uh, it says, no, two couples, and they get it immediately. So I, so a good way to set up the tension between the the homeowner and the the rentees or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, racism, for sure. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, so at this point, I'm already like, what's going to... Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? Because I know this is... Um, I rhymed my way into this. I knew nothing about the movie outside of the IMDb plot. Right? So they get to the house. They meet Taylor. And this guy's like, hi, hi, hi. Why are you with these white people, brown lady? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially is what he says. I'm not saying that. Taylor says that. And she's like, well, fuck you. Why didn't you let me book these people? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, blah, 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 blah. here's the house. And whatever, they hide the dog in the car. And, um, so then they are, he's like, I have a telescope. If you needed to bring a telescope, Michelle's like, oh, I should have had the telescope. That conversation doesn't happen that way. And he says, I'll bring it by later. And he gives them a tour of the house. And they're like, this guy's okay. I guess he's not, he's maybe he's a racist, but I only run this place for my brother. No big deal. So you're told about the brother who you don't meet in the movie. And so then he Taylor leaves. He says, I'll bring the, the I almost said periscope, the telescope around later so you can look at the stars. And they're like, all right, cool. And so they're setting up. And there's a hot tub. That's important. <laughs> and then they are, I might be skipping something. They like set up in the house. They hit a walk th- on the beach. That's where I was yeah. going to next. Okay, so I good. wasn't sure if there was a major plot point before that. So they go for a walk on the beach and Michelle or out. Al- Annie from Community is walking with Lip and Mina is walking with Beast and Beast and Mina are like, eh, open, hey, hey, we're work buddies. Nah, nah, there's no sexual tension. Nah, nah, nah. I actually don't think in at this point in the movie it shows sexual tension. I just thought it was like two work people broing out. Sure. I don't do did you guys feel differently? I felt like I don't know. The sexual tension between them was more than the ocean walking beside them. <laughs> <laughs> or they were walking beside. So sorry, yes you did or no? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yeah. I was like, they're fucking this movie. Right. It's and happening. so and, Michelle yeah. is talking 
sorry go ahead sam no i was just gonna say and obviously allison brie likes to watch i don't know what's going on there but (laughs) (laughs) um and so michelle and lip are talking about like oh is aren't you jealous about because lips like i'm a piece of shit why is she with me blah 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 i can't satisfy her and all these things and she says well why would you need to she has him for work he has her for work like no big deal they're just work friends yeah okay and then they get to the house and they're getting drinking and whatever and there's drugs but they're going to save the drugs for the next day because michelle wants to go on this walk and they're like ah we'll do them tomorrow or do them tonight and we'll save some for you tomorrow so then lip does some molly Beast of Somali, Mina of Somali, and they're all like hanging out, having, you know, what's really funny about this, speakingly funny enough. So the story that Meet Michelle tells about her and Charlie is actually really similar to how Allison Brie and Dave Franco started dating. I don't know if you guys have heard that story. No, I'm aware. Yeah. Do you want to hear it, Sam, or no? Yeah, if there's a Sparknotes version. So Sparknote version is he was in New Orleans, I believe, for 21 Jump Street at the time. I don't know if the timeline works out exactly, but I know that they shot in New Orleans. So then Alison Brie was in New Orleans for visiting a friend for Mardi Gras. And then they met up. She actually went down with the Russo brothers. So they knew someone that he knew. And they eventually met up at some dinner. And Alison Brie was just off a breakup. She's like, I'm single and want to fuck. And so the friend, she told the friend, like the friend suggested like, Hey, why don't you fuck Dave? And she was like, yeah, okay. I'll fuck Dave. So then the friend showed Dave the text that she's like, she wants to fuck. So then they eventually found out that they both were down, which they're both down to clown. So then they fucked and then they hung out and did a bunch of drugs, like hard drugs, not hard drugs, but like Molly and ecstasy and stuff. And we're just like, oh, yeah, like essentially like what she says they did, her and Charlie did, which I thought was really funny because they were like they had this drug riddled weekend where they spent all their time together and then eventually started dating. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I remembered the movie. It was Now You See Me uh. because then he was going to Paris and he said, come to Paris with me. And then that's kind of started the ball rolling, and then they've been married happily ever after. And the nice, a nice story to tell your kids. The breakup of that relationship that Allison Brie was with, Donald Glover. Is that right? Is that true? Yep. Oh, did not know that part. Yeah. It was. That's why Donald Glover does not like the Francos. <laughs> oh, Ooh. interesting. Yes. Anyways, so they get they do <laughs> Inside the drugs. Hollywood. So, so Allison Bree's like, I don't want to do the drugs because I have my walk. So she goes to bed and then the Beast and Mina keep partying and then Lip falls asleep. And then they're like, let's go in the hot tub. And you're like, all right, co- I get cool. So then he's talking and Beast is like, you're the best. You're the best. You're the best. And then Mina's like, give me the jets. Yeah. Like, so like like, the way he's like framing these shots too, like, is you're just like, okay, when is this going to happen? This is so like... It, you know, I think it does an effective job of just making it suspenseful. In it, retrospect, it's obvious they're going to have sex. Right. But the whole time they've been at the house, I've felt on edge. Oh, 100%. I didn't know for what. Yeah. But there's always a lot of long shots, though, like from the forest looking at the house. Yes, and like just yeah. Silence. Yeah. There's a lot of suspense hanging over this whole. I thing. don't recall if it's at this exact moment where we see the, the house and there's breathing. It might be around now. It's around here, yeah, right? It's right around there, yeah. Yeah. Right? And I was immediately like, oh, no. <laughs> no, thank you. Just like heavy pant. That guy's got a heavy pant on. 
And so the movie makes you think it's Taylor because he's a piece of shit. And so they're then they're cuddling and having... Um, they're not cuddling. Sorry, they're like pushing back and forth for the Jets. And then they're just macking out of... Not out of nowhere, but because it's been building. And then they're macking. And they're like, no, this is wrong. I'm going to bed. And then she goes to shower. And then the Beast is like, shower sex. And then they have shower sex. And, um... Oh. And then they <laughs> move... Uh, Sorry. The shower sex says <laughs> gotcha. No, I'm just trying to exactly remember the rollout of events because I can't remember if we see there's certain things I can't remember when so how we see them. They wake they wake up, they're they all hungover as crap. Yeah. Allison Brie Allison wants to Brie go for wants a walk. To go on the walk and they're all like, Oh, we're f- actually so Beast and Mina are like, We're fucked and they fucked. Uh, and Lip's like, let's go on the walk, Michelle. And he's like, I'll stay with her. And she's like, no, you go with him. And then, so they go on their walk. And then Mina and Beast are like, oh, we fucking suck. And they're like, we can't do it again. So Lip and Michelle have this conversation when they're on their walk where she's talking about the, they're talking about how they met stories. So Lip tells his story and he's like, our story's not really good. Like, yours is really good. And she's like, yeah. But I mean, it's kind of tough because he was in a relationship when he went with me. And then Lip lets it slip. Like, that's kind of the beast pattern. Like, he's he's a beast. <laughs> and, like, every relationship, he's just been like, I'm going to fuck the new person. <laughs> Peace out to the old person. Pink slip. And she, Michelle is obviously hurt by this. And then they get back. And Michelle is pissed. Like, well... Wait, so while they're going on their walk, though... Oh, is, is that the camera? Yeah, that I think they, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, yes, you're right. So, Michelle goes to have... Not Michelle. Uh, oh, my God. That's Mina? like a major plot point. I can't, Mina is having another shower, and she notices this red dot in the shower head. It's like, what the fuck? So, she believes this to be a camera, and then... She takes Beast to the shower. That shower, she, he sees the camera, and then they go to the shower where they had the... Their... Their... Uh, their I guess it wasn't the horizontal dance with no pants, but it was the uh, the underpants shimmy. And uh, <laughs> so they're like, oh, fuck. And they're like, we have to go to the cops. We can't go to the cops. They have the footage because if the footage gets amused, then they're going to find out that we fucked. Ah, we're fucked. So they decide they're going to say nothing. We'll just have the night here and then we'll go home. So they get back from, you're right. They get back from the walk. And this is when like full tension bus is rolling. What is happening? What's going to go on? So you see that they, um, what's his lip wants to have a shower. She's like, no, I like the smell of you being musty. It's like, okay, gross. So Michelle then has it out with the beast about his relationship thing. Like, dude, this is a pattern and this is not a good thing. Like what the hell? So nothing really happens up until this point. They're kind of just like, hey, hey, let's kill time. Blah, 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 blah. We're all fine. Well, Alison Brie then, wants to do drugs. No, before this, Reggie is missing, right? Oh, yes, yes. Reggie's missing, so they're looking for Reggie. They find they a... can't find Reggie. They find, like, a door kind of in a storage area under the deck or something by... They found a, a coded that lock. earlier yeah, when uh, he was playing lock. fetch yeah. with Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Allison Bree... You know, Alison Brie has taken the drugs before they noticed Reggie's gone. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. She, she has a funny line after that of, oh, they lost the dog. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, so, I can't even imagine, though, like, being on those drugs and then, like, something stressful happening 
you know, lost dog. And then he's just hyper, whatever, nonstop. whatever happens with the rest of this movie. I can't even imagine. Like I would just be so paranoid. Yes. So she, she wants to do the drugs. They don't want to do the drugs. She's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to have fun. So she does the drugs. The dog goes missing. They're looking for the dog. They can't find the dog. And then they are getting their, their lights to find the dog and they can't find the dog. Um, and then Taylor shows up and because she wants the te- the telescope shows up and Beast like what the fuck man You're like you had this guy back what no what what the hell like you can't have this telescope in the house no that was earlier but doesn't really matter and then Allison Brie wants to go in the hot tub the hot tub's broken so then she calls Taylor he's like why did you call Taylor like you should have talked about me about that they're like what he's just wanted to fix the hot tub and I want to use the hot tub so then he comes to fix the hot tub and he fixes it because she's still on Molly and once she wants to find the she wants to go in the hot tub because she's on the molly lips like dude where the fuck is my dog he's like i don't know where your dog is man you're not supposed to have a dog but i don't know where your fucking dog is and then they're outside and mina has it out with taylor like we know there's the cameras here we're gonna fucking you're fucked we're gonna call the cops or you're fucked man like you can't we where's that footage we want the footage she gets he gets into a fight with her because he's like dude i don't know what you're talking about like i thought you needed to fix the toilet you're gonna call the cops i thought this was a ploy but clearly it's not like he doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about and then lip comes in and beats the shit out of taylor knocks him unconscious in the tub and they check to see he's alive he's breathing and then they go outside and it is at this they're freaking out because he hurt the guy and like we're gonna have to call an ambulance because he's it what the uh what's because he's clearly really injured and beast is concerned about lip because he was he he has served time and lip is saying well self-defense like he was they're like and they're arguing the justification of how many times he punched taylor in the face and in the meantime some dude dressed in all black just kills kills taylor and you're like what the fuck is going on yeah so like what is this, has this guy just been in the place? Like, how, how did how did, don't know. how did he get in there so easy? We mystery. find out later. <laughs> um, so then they go to check on Taylor again, and he is dead. And they're like, "What the actual fuck?" Like, this guy's been killed. This is when it turns into, "I know what you did last summer." They're trying to figure out what to do with the body, and. While that while that is happening, Michelle's like, I'm not in on this. They're like, okay, we got to figure out the way to get rid of the body. While she's in the house alone, there's these showers turning on and off and turning on and off. And the footage is displayed of of Beast and Mina getting down. And she's like, what the fuck? So she leaves in a, in a, in a panic or pissed off. They get rid of the body, but it like doesn't really get over the cliff. So Clip, Lip has to climb down and throw it. And then as Michelle leaves... Her tire gets popped and she starts freaking out. She gets attacked by this dude in a just a bald fuck with a hammer, I guess, which is it's scary. It kind of looked like the mask from uh, from Drive that Ryan Gosling wears. Yeah, a little bit. It also kind of looks like what Jason is supposed to look like without his mask. Yeah, without the hockey mask. Yeah. Yeah, without the hockey mask. And so uh, she is attacked, and in a, before she's attacked, she texts Beast. So Beast goes running in, running into the force. He sees the light of her phone. He's like, Michelle. And then he gets, you're not sure if they're killed or unconscious, but I guess after a little bit, you're, you figure out that they're, they're dead. Yeah, well, he's walking towards her phone, like talking to her like, oh, thank God yeah. I found you. And he oh, kicks yeah, something, yeah. and he looks down, and it's Alison Bree's body. Yeah. Well, but even before then, when he's calling, right, and you just see the glowing of the phone in the, the yeah. forest. That's that's a creepy image if you think about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, it really is. So then he's killed, and while Lip is trying to console Michelle, no, Mina, he starts getting this like voice message of the of them saying like, "Man, we shouldn't have fucked the beast and Mina." And then he's getting sent footage. He's like, "What the hell is this? What the hell is this?" And then the door opens, and he thinks it's beast he's like i'm gonna kill you and then he gets killed by bald guy and mina's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and what i liked about this was as he's looking for the guy we see the dip all the dip where all the different cameras are which kind of adds to the tension of it like he they're being watched from everywhere yeah and so he gets killed and then mina's running for her life and she runs what does she step on what does she step like something on? Something stabs her like in the foot. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I, when she runs down the stairs. Down the stairs. I didn't, see, I yeah. didn't see what it was. I did notice she slowed down though. No, she d- pulls something out of her. That's why she's limping. Oh yeah, yeah. Matter. No, you're right. There was I'm something. Not exact, I don't know what it was, but then she's running and panicking, and she eventually just runs off the cliff. That the because it be foggy. Yeah, it's kind of like approaching it's real daytime, fog. so yeah. there's fog all yeah. along the You've forest. got like San Francisco fog. Yeah. You can't see shit. And then the man starts to clean up, and he's removing all of the cameras from the building and putting back shower heads and stuff, and you're like, what is happening? And then it turns out... Oh, and the dog comes back. And the dog comes back. Dog's fine. <laughs> and he's cleaning up to make it look like nobody was here. And then... You see the guy take off his mask. We don't see his face. And he's checking into another place, which is a little peculiar. And then he sets up all the stuff he had at the previous place. So it turns out Taylor and his brother not involved at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just and that he's he's staying previously at these Airbnbs and just cycling through all this stuff. And that's fucked up. Yeah. yeah sets up cameras, microphones, everything. And just waits and for the next people to rent it out. Makes a copy of the key. Yep. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then the credits are all the people staying at the places. And then the last thing we see is him attacking a couple asleep. So this movie does a good job with the tension. What I didn't see coming was I did not predict all four people were going to die. I thought someone was going to get out. Yeah. And I think I think they they know that, right? Like they know that that cliche i mean even just having a final girl you suspect mm-hmm. that maybe she'll live but yeah for them to kill everyone is is a, is a nice well how step. rare is it where the villain is wins the villain wins i mean uh, sometimes a right faceless villain who was yeah. not yeah. a key part of the story had no lines has almost no just personality pants. is just like a a brooding mask wearing hammer holding murderer just a heavy breather yeah yeah so I'm never staying it in an Airbnb ever. So I mean, really, yeah, this kind of does what you know Jaws did for beaches and Psycho did for hotels or motels, I guess. Like Airbnbs, like, if you think about it. And it, I, my heart is panting thinking about it right now. And I think what what's great is that they take it, you know, one step further, where it's not just that the the homeowners are creeps, but it's the people that came before or after. Like you just don't know. Like this place is open to the the world really like anyone could come in here and and do what they want so it's a it's an interesting concept i think that it's a great way to to set up some tension 
always check for cameras check for bugs bring your black light wherever you go you can't trust what kind of creeps are there so i i read uh an interview with dave franco and um and he was talking about this movie and and he just like has a general paranoia about airbnbs and just assumes in those places that you are probably being watched like it's it's probably just safe to assume um but uh he has never obviously been attacked or he did this you know this kind of story hasn't actually happened to him but what he said has happened to him was the whole racial aspect of the story where he's had friends who um weren't white and they got declined trying to sign up for an airbnb and then someone else gets it you know so like that part of the story is personally true to to dave franco but everything else is one thing i didn't feel like we got answers so i don't know if we're supposed to assume let me look up the actual plot because maybe this will answer my question before i even ask it um michelle passes on the couch okay what is dripping on michelle oh the dirt from the vent that's above her that i was getting the insinuation that That is that where he was was? he was up there watching but then i don't know that he would have been able to fit or maneuver like they never explained past that he goes up for a camera Right? I think that's supposed to be the same spot. So maybe he was moving the camera around to watch and it knocked some dirt that was up there off onto Yeah, it. I don't... They did leave that... Like, they... When they first go into the room, there's dirt on the bed. So yeah, clearly that I had, recall. Yeah, he had, like, placed it up there and the dirt fell down the bed, so she wiped it off. But yeah, she goes into sleep the first night and, d- d- like, dirt specks fall on her again from up there. So I assume it's just the camera. He can move it up there and and knock Maybe, some more yeah. onto her. Do you think moving forward, like Airbnbs are going to have to be like, it's been checked? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, you'll have to check for murderers, check for COVID, all of the above. I think it does a great job, like suspenseful. I I know for myself personally, if a movie is doing its job on making me feel uneasy, where I want to just look up how the movie ends, like pull up the plot. Okay, what happens? I don't want to experience it because I'm un- unnerved. So I give a lot of credit to the movie because most of the time you're like, this is just by the numbers. And this is conventional, but it does enough unconventional things that I feel it's it justifies its existence can i quickly read uh the top tags on google for this movie guys sure okay so we got boring slow suspenseful forgettable unsettling unconvincing and predictable so it seems like most people don't find it that unique but still suspenseful still unsettling it's a little bit of a mixed bag yeah there's a couple sour ones in there yeah most thrillers they fall into like it starts with something really original like they try and shake it up in the beginning and then as it goes out it's just super predictable in the ending but i found this one started really unoriginal 
and just like the four people who were in a relationship and clearly the two people were gonna fuck and it was all gonna play out that way and this one at least took the twist at the end of the movie where it was like the bad guy's gonna win kill them all handily he's gonna get away with it he's gonna keep go doing his thing you never find out who he is I thought that aspect was cool that it at least flipped the script a little bit that it didn't do the same predictable thing that every thriller seems to do just with the new story this time being Airbnb horror stories so I thought that was at least a cool part of this I did really like that open ending open ended ending of how they did this and how the bad guy was just some guy that we just have no idea who he was no idea who he's going to be going forward just some people are fucked and that's how it is so i thought that aspect was at least cool about it there was a funny moment in this about the midway point that just killed me it was so funny because it just broke up that tension so perfectly and it was allison brie who's tripping on ecstasy and toby huss is the racist guy taylor who is there to fix the uh, hot tub and he's bent over like doing the plumber's <laughs> butt crack and she pretends to like sneak up and start licking it and everything yeah it was just so out of left field that i fucking die laugh i was like this is the perfect comedy break for this moment <laughs> that i didn't see coming just eating ass yeah like it was just so funny how she was pretending to do it while he was unaware of it and it, yeah it was such a funny just moment out of nowhere um dan stevens and the sheila vans mina as we mentioned earlier, the sexual tension, it was just, it was so unbelievable in their performance be, just because of how much or how clear it was to me that they were going to fuck in this movie right from the get go. Well, what doesn't make sense is like Alison Brie is getting all upset about the pattern that Dan Stevens has in his relationships, but yet she's so cool with him, like being, so like flirty with his workmate and and clearly like something's gonna happen here step yeah, in that lady whole, that whole aspect just kind of seemed like this is all just too perfect setting <laughs> for this stuff like i'm just not believing any of it right now but yeah i do think it was a super suspenseful story just because it built up and i was always ready for something to happen so i think just the way they were setting it up the music cues whatever it was it at least created a layer of suspense that I was like, okay, something's going to go fucked up real soon here. And it kept me on edge, at least for that. So I think that was at least good. As I mentioned earlier, the length was great. That's a big plus, even with a movie that's predictable. If it goes by quick, it's a lot easier to swallow. And it's a strong finish for a movie. And I'll double down with Kyle. I'll never stay in an Airbnb again. <laughs> oh, wow. Um guys I like for horror movies and this is more of a thriller I still don't like going into basements that are pitch black because of the leprechaun starring Warwick Davis that is not a joke so we're just slowly ripping away thing places that Kyle can't go like that's why I'm so happy my office slash the man cave is in in the attic <laughs> well lit at all times even as posters yeah. have lights I, no yeah, chance I lost my remote I gotta find my remote how did you guys feel about the the actual kills in this movie? They were very just kind of like it is what it is. Like he has a hammer and he's going to use One, that two, hammer. No, no, I nothing crazy. It. 
it wasn't gore porn. It was just blunt object to the head. Like, this guy is an efficient killer. Like, do you think he, there could have been at least one, like, crazy kill? Like, you know, even if it was something as, like, simple as, you know, some wire stretched out and someone could have... No, I, I like it better this way. I almost feel like this is coming from no evidence of the movie, but, like, the, the character, the man is how he's credited, just gets off on the the just the simple kill just blunt object to knock you down and then the um the point the back end of the hammer straight into the brain yeah rule number one always double tap yeah <laughs> which is why like a crowbar is the most effective and useful uh, like tool of a zombie apocalypse because it's light but could cause lots of damage same sort of thing with a hammer yeah this okay. guy's already taking notes yeah apocalypse, yeah it was in one of the books, the, the, the guide. The Scout's Guide? Yeah. What, no, what was... The, it was a World War Z. That oh, yes. It was in there. Yeah. But I do wish... This isn't... This is going to sound wrong, but I think the killing of Alison Brie was almost ambiguous. I think we should have seen her killed. Hmm. Yeah. Because you just see him... Like, it was great him just appearing out of the darkness. Like, that was really unsettling, and I appreciated that. But when she's just on the ground, it's like, okay, I know she's dead, but I think we should have seen it. Sure. Yeah. Dave Franco's not going to kill his wife on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he kind of did. All right. All right. Let's get to the ratings. I feel like we're going in circles. Let's give those nombres. Samuel. Yes. So, on a scale... Zero to ten, you can do point fives. Our patented Rickman scale, in honor of the late Alan Rickman, and at the end we'll average out our scores and let you know how many golden Rickmans the rental has got. So Sam, how many hammer hits to the head are you giving the rental? <laughs> I'm gonna give this a, a gentleman's seven. Strong seven outing. Okay, Kyle. Overall, I would say that that's too. It's I think the movie is successful in all of the things it attempts to do, and for that you can't fault it. Is it an exceptional film? No, but it succeeds. It's thrilling. It's suspenseful. It has shock to it, and that's kind of the point. And it does all those things. So outside of it being like this crazy original we've never seen before, which it isn't, but for somebody's first directorial debut to have me on the edge of my seat is is a well-executed thriller. So for that, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. 7.5. And yeah, it's I'm on the same wavelength, I feel. We're all, we're all liking this movie the same amount. Story-wise, it was pretty simple, but it moved along quickly. It's happy with that. Production-wise, there's nothing amazing about this movie, but there's nothing terrible either for a directorial debut. But yeah entertainment that's getting points for that finish and the runtime which i'll give it points for because if you're not wasting my time i'm happy with it so i'll give it a seven out of ten as well and that'll give us an average of 7.17 as well it's not bad that's a pretty high yeah pretty high movie and a high average so i think if you want to round down to seven totally acceptable want to round down it's just going from there so yes from that we pretty much recommend you can check out the rental and be satisfied. We will, our IMDb, or not our IMDb, our Google tags when you search this one, probably close, but a lot 
less on the negative side than apparently everyone else. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, we, if we want to bring up the vegetable website, if we want to. Let's do it. I just looked. Uh, we'll look at. I just. Lo- I looked at it prior. Give me one moment. Sorry, listeners. So, it's one of those weird things. So we are essentially where the critics were, which is seventy-five percent. So I know people don't. So it's seventy-five percent of critics reviewed it positively, and for audience, it was forty-five percent, mm. which I find interesting. I, I would debate that this is slow, because it's twenty minutes of setup. And everything, the first domino falls 20 minutes in. I, I think sometimes that rating could be um, manipulated by what people's expectations were going into it. And that could depend on the yes. marketing. I don't know if this was marketed as like, this is a crazy horror movie. Because obviously it's not that. It's just, like you said, it's just a tense thriller. So yeah, that's seeing the word horror thrown around in some of the like descriptions of it i was like this is not a horror movie no this is a a mild thriller at best this did have a really cool debut though it premiered at a drive-in yes i mean because it premiered during the like yeah mid-pandemic so so. Uh, this would have been a great drive-in it really is like just in your car that would have been amazing but yes i think we all without recommend say that's a good recommendation from the quest beyond to check out the rental we liked it it's worth worth your time that you can spend on this and with that though we can start putting a pin in this episode and teasing next week that we will be reviewing the white tiger past that i cannot say anything about it i have no idea what this movie is other than kyle recommended it so we're watching it it's a book that i read Uh, in in university and it is a really interesting tale of the power that money gives you in New Delhi in India and the rise and fall of a cab driver so I think if I do not want to compare it to Slumdog Millionaire but the story is really interesting because you're given the perspective of a main character who starts off as a cabbie and winds up running a cab organization but there may be some shady business in how he rises to power I love a good rise and fall yeah I I did not know this was being adapted at all till I saw the trailer so if uh, if you're in the mood for another kind of character study on a person's actual character then i think this will be an interesting view and i i have my fingers crossed that we're the three of us are all going to enjoy it because that would be another rare occurrence where we all liked a movie <laughs> that we saw that's true well yeah we got this one apparently released globally on netflix uh i guess pretty much a month ago today january 22nd so yes we can check this one out yeah i have zero expectations besides what kyle's recommended so i'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by this one out of nowhere but with I want to take one moment. Sorry, go, go ahead, ahead, Ryan. No, go ahead. I want to take one moment to apologize if anybody did go to look for me to play the medium on Monday. My computer couldn't handle streaming and playing the game because it was designed for Xbox Series X, which is not how powerful my PC is. But I can confirm I will be playing Control on Monday. So this comes out Thursday or Friday. So whatever Monday is when you're listening I think it's the to first this. First of March. Let me. Is it the first? Yeah. So yeah. Yes. That that will be my first solo stream. If I can get everything working in time, I will be doing a multi-stream with Shane Southpaw on Sunday. 
So I should be good good to go for Monday. My capture card, I was told by UPS, will be here tomorrow. Date of recording. <laughs> well, there you go. Head on over to the twitch.tv slash Lugan17, the number. Hmm. So, I'll be go. playing a horror game. So hooray for me. <laughs> Trying that out. Well, there you go, guys. There's our review for the rental. We'll see you next week for the White Tiger. We got whatever news topics pop up along the way as well. I know we're supposed to get a teaser trailer for Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow morning. (laughs) Yeah, so we got that to talk about, at least guaranteed for the news and anything else that pops up. If we find out Spider-Man title was also a joke today and there's another six of them that are coming out, (laughs) talk about that as well. Who knows? Who knows what's coming but yes so thanks oh thanks i just thought of the coolest thing ever that they'll never do how awesome would it be if they made three spider-man movies in terms of like everyone's perspective on what happened oh yeah what so happened three characters like so you get like toby's perspective andrew's perspective oh. and tom holland's oh wow yeah that they would have announced they're doing something like that for sure because I feel like that's a big marketing thing to make all those movies money but that's a super cool idea because I know is it the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby that did that yeah yes yeah Yeah. where it was like McAvoy's perspective Chastain's perspective and then them together as like a movie yeah yeah that'd be cool that would have been so cool the Tobey Maguire one would get a lot of watches I can guarantee (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've listened to this episode on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, or Spotify, we thank you guys. If you wouldn't mind giving us a review, giving us any star rating, whatever the rating system is, we'd appreciate it. And any sort of comments or whatever you guys want to say along the way, we'll happily address and we'll try and make this thing a bit better for you guys along the way. And with that, though, we'll catch you next week for the White Tiger Review. And just remember... This quest is good, but it can be beyond. <laughs>